Explore the history, relationships, expertise, and data that go into ensuring Stein growers get maximum yield potential. This is the Stein Seedcast. Here's your host, David Thompson. Hello, and welcome to the Stein Seedcast. I'm your host, David Thompson, National Marketing and Sales Director for Stein Seed Company. We've got another great episode lined up with special guests, expert insights, and discussion on everything you need to know about maximizing yield potential. On today's episode, our very special guest is Myron Stein, president of Stein Sea Company. Welcome to the show, Myron. Hello, David. So today we're going to be continuing our Yield Plus corn tour. Myron has been visiting with some truly innovative corn growers all around the Corn Belt. And he's been talking with these growers about their experience with Stein's Yield Plus Advantage on, in their use of Stein corn hybrids and how adopting super management strategies can help achieve top-end yield results. So, Myron, in today's episode, who are we going to be hearing from? Yeah, today, David, we're talking uh, to Darren Judd. Uh, Darren Judd's in north-central Illinois, and he uses uh, 105 to 115-day corn hybrids. He's a very good example of somebody that, should I say, he's, he's like the poster child of somebody that's doing high population corn, high management corn. He's, he's pushing the limits. He's been working with us now, I think, for since 2017 and has a lot of experience and has uh, done a number of different changes on his farm to accommodate uh, what you have to do for super management of Stein corn. Well, let's have a listen to the interview and then stick around after for a conversation with Myron. Okay, welcome to another session of the Stein Yield Plus Corn Tour. Today, we're with Darren Judd of Lawston, Illinois, which is North Central Illinois. Today, we're gonna to talk about Darren's family farm and how they got established here in North Central Illinois. And then we're going to talk about the Stein hybrids they're using on this farm and how they manage those Stein hybrids. They're in narrow rows, and it's definitely a situation where it's super management of the corn crop. So Darren, tell me some about the family farm, how you, how you got established here. Yep, grandpa started farming in uh, 1949. Mm. Uh, 160 acres was all. Um, so had that ground, and then he also was, uh, helped a, a neighbor was a hired man for one of the neighbors as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that neighbor decided that he wanted to retire and uh, grandpa then picked up you know, some more ground and he actually uh, farmed all that ground till uh, 1970 um, where he wow. okay. unexpectedly uh, passed away at a pretty, pretty uh, young age, which then in turn my, my dad. Threw her dad into the- Absolutely, into the- at, a, at a very young age as well. Yeah, so um, dad started farming in 1970. I was fortunate enough to pick up some ground uh, in 2000. So dad and I farmed together for about six years. Uh, at, what, at that point, dad decided that he wanted to uh, start enjoying retirement. Uh, he retired then at 2006 and um, he still helps out, helps in the spring and the fall. So always, always good to have his knowledge. Uh, his around. knowledge in itself. That's, Absolutely. That's, that's, that's the time you need extra helps. You bet. Absolutely. So that's kind of kind of how we got started here in central Illinois. So on your farm, so 
you are narrow rows. Mm -hmm. I, th I believe this season you'll be all corn. So some years you're all soybeans, mm -hmm. some years you're all corn. Mm -hmm. um, some years you're corn on corn. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. What's the longest you've gone corn on corn? Uh, we did go six years one time. Okay. And um, it, it worked out pretty good, um, but I don't think we'd ever go more than that. I okay. think six years is about the, the most that we'd want to do. So I'd say four to five at the most. That's okay. kind of where we're at. Yeah. In that, in that year you put soybeans on the ground, you, you typically have some phenomenal soybean yeah. yields probably. So. Yeah, absolutely. So. so let's talk about how you manage your corn hybrids on, on your farm. Um, and, and it all starts with the yield goal. Mm -hmm. So tell us what, you know, what is your yield? You know, what's your objective on your corn crop? 300. 300. We, yeah. I mean, with, with the things that uh, we're doing that you guys have helped us do and with the varieties that you guys have provided us, 300 is, is where we want to be at. So you, you want a consistent 300 across the whole farm. So Absolutely. Which, 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 is, which is really, really cool. So yeah. Tell us on row width now. So you, you've been in the uh, twin 20 arena some, and prior to that, what were you? Were you 20 inch? Uh, no, we were actually 30s. Um, looking back in history, you know, there's obviously a direct correlation between uh, population and yield. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all seen this. So, you know, my grandpa, for instance, he was 38 inch. Then oh. grandpa was, or dad was 36. Then we went to 30s, you know, twin 20s, and now 15s. We were at 15s, which we were very, very happy with. We were happy with the twin 20s, uh, but uh, the, the 15s are working out very well for us. Yeah. We're pushing that population, you know, under your recommendations, you know, we're right around 44,000 is what we've kind of felt is a sweet spot. Um, we drop it anywhere from 42 to 52. Okay. Um, but, you know, it seems like 44 is, is what's working out really well for us. And so your variable rate at this point? No, I'm not. You're not? No. So, so when, you're, when you're going 52, what makes you go 52? So it's not like we do a lot of 52. You know, it might only be two rounds. But, okay. But I'd, I want to see, you know, you know, come fall, we look at them yield maps, I, I just want something to go by, you know. I, sure. I want to make sure that we're not leaving something on the table. Okay. You know. Excellent. So, yeah. And that's why we do that. Let's talk about fertility. Okay. At this point. So what do you do, you know, what's important to you fertility-wise on managing your corn crop? Uh, fertility-wise, Myron, um, I think a, a thing that's worked out really good for us is that we start pulling soil samples every year. Mm -hmm. um, and in doing so, it has really actually brought our cost per acre and fertilizer down um, a, a substantial amount. We take this information every year and along with our yield maps from combining and we layer that. And it's not so much grids anymore, but we're doing zones. Okay. And that is, uh, it seemed to have worked really well for us. And, and do you do variable rate planting with those zones? I don't, no. I don't believe you do. No, but we do not. Um, our ground is pretty consistent around here. So you know, yeah, no, yeah. no real reason to go that direction. No, huh? so. no, no, it is not. So let's talk about planting depth. Is planting depth, you know, when you're planting corn, is there anything specific you look at on planting depth that's, that's key? Yeah, you know, we, we want to place that right around the two inch mark. You know, mm -hmm. it just, I think everybody kind of shoots for that as so do we. And 
just had to, we've had good luck at that. You know, if we go any shallower, it just it doesn't seem like we have the the brace roots that we want, and um, we don't really want to go much deeper than that either. Um, you know, you guys have obviously shared all your uh, data with us as far as the planting depth that you guys like to see it at, and uh, usually try and get it right at that two inch level. So Darren, let's talk about your planter. So at one time you were twin 20s and now you're 15s. We were, yep. Um, we were twin 20s for about four years. Okay. Uh, worked out very well. Um, we, were, we were happy with it. Uh, got us away from the 30 inch rows, mm -hmm. which was our main goal. But uh, now that we're in 15s, we're, we are definitely enjoying that much more. Uh, it's e easier to combine. We've got uh, you know the head that will will handle the 15-inch road now, and uh, it, it's worked out very well for us. Um, it was kind of a, a big transition to make. You know, we had that twin 20, 48-row planter, and now it's a 15, 32-row planter. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So there was a lot of work involved in that, um, but uh, we got that behind us last winter, and this was our first year of 15-inch row corn. Let's talk about um, the different Stein corn hybrids that you grow here. Okay. So tell us your two favorite hybrids, and maybe tell us a couple of hybrids you don't like. Okay. From, from the, that you tried over uh, the years. Well, as far as the ones that we do like, um, 9714 uh, comes to mind right away. Uh, 107 day, which is, um, that's about the earliest corn that we plant on the farm. Um, we like to get started with that. Uh, that way, you know, come fall, we can get going combine a little bit early, get the combine set, you know. And what we found with 9714, even though it's 107 day corn, we've actually had years, uh, not year, years actual, that it has yielded just as good as our 114 day corn. I mean, that. And, yeah, and, and an incredible thing about that is we used to call it 107 day, but we found out it's more like 105 day. Really? So, yeah, so yeah that's, that's, that is cool yeah. to know. Yeah. That's doing that on your farm in this in this geography. Absolutely, and you know it, it seems to handle the high population very well. Mm -hmm. uh, it's shorter in stature, which we really like. Um, less biomass, mm -hmm. you know, because there are years that we are corn on corn, so that shorter stature corn seems to have less biomass. We get in, we're able to manage the residue easier mm -hmm. with your guys' shorter stature corn. Mm -hmm. um, and ninety-seven fourteen, I at. It just seems to respond well to fungicide, mm -hmm. um, which we're a firm believer in that on the farm. So 9714 is uh, actually definitely one of our favorites as well as 9808. Um, okay. Everything that I said about 9714 plus the standability of 9808 is, we have found is just second to none. Mm -hmm. uh, and the stuff just stands, it's a pleasure to combine. And um, generally 80% uh, of the time it's, it's our best yielding year in and year out. It's just so, 9808, the word comes to mind is consistent. Okay. It's just very consistent number for us. Great. So, yeah. so, so you talked about the shorter statured hybrids, you know, and it's all about gathering light or light interception. And um, so it sounds like that's, that's working well on your farm. It is. How about fungicide? Now you, you brought up fungicide and I, I know you're doing some some pretty cool things with fungicides. So last year you used a drone, I think they had a capacity of three gallons? Yeah, it was three gallons. Yeah, and and there, there's a new one that? There is, uh, they call it the R30, which uh, just came out not too long ago, 
which has capacity of, I believe it's right around nine gallon now. Oh. So we're talking, you know, a lot more acres an hour with that one. So we definitely want to uh, get our hands on that. You know, Darren, I think the drone technology is, is something that everybody should probably look at at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would agree with uh, you. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm sure people probably look at it and go, I don't know. It's too small and there's not enough, there's not enough quantity being sprayed, but I would tell you the numbers don't lie and, and um, it's, it's, definitely, yeah. it's definitely working well. That's where we were a little leery, you know, as far as, you know, the drone's only two gallon the acre. And right. we weren't really sure about that, but you know, we, uh, we took the time and did a ground rig last year at 15, uh-huh. brought in the plane at five and a drone at two. And the drone at two did just as good as a ground rig at 15. Uh, so it made a believer out of us. You know, because even I, I, I go, gosh, you need to have the 15 gallon, you need to have the coverage. That's not the case. No, So our, our data sure didn't show that. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Let's talk some about nitrogen application okay. and, what, and what you're doing there specifically, because as we know, nitrogen's really, really important. So that's nitrogen good. and sulfur, what's, what's okay. your program with that? Uh, so we pull soil samples, um, like I said, every year. Um, we put on some sulfur in the fall, you know, with our dry. Mm-hmm. Um, then obviously as far as uh, nitrogen goes, we like to wait if we can to put on anhydrous in the spring. Some years we have to put it on the fall, um, just all depends. But we, we generally like to wait till spring, start with the, get some anhydrous down, and then we come back uh, with our application, our herbicide application. And usually we're looking at usually about 80 units of 32 with okay. our herbicide. Um, we do run some starter on, on the planter, you know, get a little bit more nitrogen there. We split some fields with the uh, flying on the granularia and it just didn't, uh, it didn't show any benefit. And you know, that, that wasn't cheap to do. All right. You know, you know so. So how many total units do you want? Um, so at the end of the day, you know, between, you know, we're out there probably three different times throughout the year, you know, three different applications of nitrogen. Um, so at the end of the day, we'd like to be around 250. It is kind of where, what we shoot for, 250, 260, somewhere in there. Um, I think that's where, where we need to be to, to get to the yield gold that, that we're looking for. Okay. Anything else we need to talk about on how you grow corn here in north central Illinois? Yeah. And you have a fantastic, you're having fantastic results, which is, which is exciting for us. Yeah, we're pretty happy with the uh, results that, uh, that we're getting with your guys' varieties. Um, we, it just seems like, uh, you know, back in 17, when we started this relationship with you guys, um, we were just kind of maxed out on, on where we're at as far as yield. We were just looking for something different to get us over that next 20, 30, 40, 50 bushel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we feel that this is it. It's, it's working out very well for us. So when you look at 9808 and 9714, and next year we'll have the new MX514, mm-hmm. do those hybrids bring anything to your farm that other hybrids cannot bring? Uh, handling the, the narrow row configuration and the higher population. Okay. We just haven't found uh, any other varieties out there that, that can handle that high population the way that your guys' can. Excellent. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we see if, with the uh, MX514 or 9714. It, mm-hmm. it definitely loves that population and does very well with it. And, and same with 9808 mm-hmm. too. So. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, so that concludes our talk with Darren regarding his management of Stein corn products on, on his farm. Darren, thank you very much for taking the time to let us come in and talk to you about what you're doing on your farm. It's exciting to hear about that. Mm -hmm. We wish you the best in this upcoming season, and we look forward to working with you in the, in the coming years. So we want to earn your business every single year, and, and we hope we're doing that. Absolutely. Thanks for everything that you've provided us, and it's been a, it's been a great relationship so far. Great. So that was Darren Judd, Lawston, Illinois, visiting with Myron about uh, his use of Stein hybrids and how he maximized yield potential on his farm. So a lot of interesting tidbits of that, Myron. I got a lot of questions I was going to talk to you about. Um, for starters, uh, I know you said Darren's been working on this for several years now. That's and right. yep. From my side of things, as I recall, he was one of the early adopters on our uh, planner program. And yep. it occurs to me that probably nobody, I don't think we've talked on the podcast about the planner program. I wondered if you wanted to give a little background of, of uh, the impetus of that program and how we got to where we are today. Sure, absolutely. So, so the Twin 20 planner program was our way of introducing some of the some of the large producers, or should I say some of the aggressive early adopters to high population corn, it was our way of helping that producer get into high population corn, high management uh, corn. And uh, so what we did was we went to growers and if they committed to X, X amount of corn for so many years, we provided them a twin 20 planter. And what that was, was, uh, two rows that were it was it was essentially 10 inch spacing after you you looked at it however it was two rows that were able to be brought in by a 20 inch corn head so you could plant 10 inch spacing and buy a 20 inch corn head and and have ultra narrow row corn and that enabled people to push their populations uh, to that you know 40 50,000 range and that without having bad, what I would consider bad, without them hurting their equidistant spacing. And uh, so, that, so we had, I think we had 50 planters. No, we had 90 planters. We had 90 planters that we sent out there. And Darren was, was somebody that did that. Since then, uh, a number of people, including ourselves, have moved to 15-inch row spacing. And that's because now there are a number of combine heads on the market that do very, very well with 15-inch row spacing. When we came out with the Twin 20 uh, system, you didn't have that. And because 15-inch rows, frankly, is, is probably good enough. You know, you don't have to go to 10-inch spacing right now. And so, yeah, Darren did that. Darren got into Twin 20s, and then uh, he was able to, to get a good a, a very, very nice 15-inch uh, row head, and he converted his twin 20 planter to 15-inch row spacing. Well, and, 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 you know, to me, it's such an innovative program because um, the way we were putting that together, you know, we're in the business of selling seed, right? And I know when we reach a certain point, we're talking about population, um, there's only so many, so much you can do with population in a 30 inch row, right? That's right. And so at a point you start getting out of the seed conversation, you get into a real sort of conversation about 
the the practice of farming and, and row spacing and all of those things. And so um, I thought it was really innovative that the company went to that route to say, listen, we're putting our money where our mouth is. We're going to give you the opportunity to plant in narrow rows using one of these, you know, narrow row planters. And um, so just really kind of innovative. And like you said, I think we end up with 90 of those planters out uh, eventually. And I also thought it was interesting, Darren's path followed our path uh, that the Stein Farm took. Because again, like you said, it's not that Twin 20s didn't work. It worked quite well. But the reason, I, like you said, Twin 20s were where we went was because there wasn't a real great 15-inch option right. at the time when we started. And now that has evolved. And so I think it's um, 15 is kind of becoming the sweet spot for narrow row production, right? Yeah, and, and, you know, Darren talked about it. Darren talked about how his grandfather was in 38-inch row spacing. His father was in 36-inch row spacing. Darren went to 30-inch row spacing. And then he knew, okay, it's time. It's time for me to to move beyond this because in 30-inch row spacing, your, your max is about 39,000. And Darren knew I had to have, you know, I, I need to have more than 39,000 plants out there with these uh, hybrids to maximize their yield potential. Yeah. One of the things I thought was interesting in Darren's uh, interview was talking about his rotational uh, practice going, you know, pretty much all, all corn one year and, and going all soybeans the next year. Um, I mean, I, th- I think that's kind of a unique take that you don't hear from everybody. Yeah, Darren, and he said it there in the interview, he talked about, he won't go more than four or five years corn on corn. But I will tell you from talking to him in the past, he really, really likes corn. <laughs> I mean, he, he just is very passionate about corn. And even, even if uh, we, we would recommend that he go to soybeans specific years, you know, because of the commodity price and, and, and so on and so forth, he would still gravitate to, towards corn just because he enjoyed that. But he also knows he has to break that up once in a while. So for a guy in his position who is, uh, you know, a top producer that, like you said, loves growing corn, he's growing narrow row, high population, I would imagine there's some, probably some differences when you approach corn on corn from that perspective, you know, high population, high density. I mean, what are the things growers have to kind of probably be more in tune to at that level? Well, what's interesting is, uh, especially in that part of Illinois, typically they they get rootworm pressure. He doesn't have any, hmm. and so that's it's of course disease and insect pressure that you that you worry about going corn on corn. And he has seemed to do a very good job of keeping that at bay. A number of his products just have a glyphosate trait on them. In fact, a few years he was conventional corn. So it's very interesting to see someone like him doing what he's doing. Breaking the rules, so to speak. <laughs> so, and that's a great point. I mean, there are certain parts of the country where I think it's it's assumed that, you know, whatever, rootworm is a problem in that area. Um, and, and maybe it's not as simple as it seems, because even in that area, if, if uh, you'll have pockets where maybe rootworm pressure isn't that high because of cultural practices or whatever the farmer's doing to kind of maintain that. So I think that's kind of kind of interesting. 
also in that interview, he talked a little bit about fungicide application. And I know in the video that we have that accompanies your interview also that we have on our website, there's some footage of uh, some of these drone applicators. Talk a little bit about some of that that they did. Well, so there's two things to take home or two things to learn from, from Darren on that part. The number one thing is he made... In some, in some tests, he did three applications of fungicide. In those tests, he saw a 15-bushel advantage to doing three applications versus two applications. Now, what we don't know is, was that, the, you know, was that timing? What, you know, was the third application sure. uh, the one giving him the 15-bushel? So if he would have taken out the first application, would he still have that, that, that bushel increase? But... Uh, Nevertheless, we learned that fungicide's a big deal. But the next thing is using the drone. I, I just I was really impressed with his test. I was really impressed with how well that worked on his farm. And maybe it's his acreage size. I don't know. But he was a believer, and I guess I'm a believer after looking at the data. And he didn't just do it in one spot. He did it in multiple fields on his farm. Uh, and uh, I'm a believer, I guess, as this technology improves, as the drones get larger, that that is the, the way to put fungicide on, at least, or maybe even even post-applied uh, herbicides. Well, and, and yeah, I think I was taken aback when you think about, you know, even some of the best drones that are out there are, uh, you know, payload capacity, whatever, you know, like you said, two gallons or three gallons or, or something. Um it just doesn't seem like you it seems like it would take you a long time to get over that that uh those acres but uh he seemed to think that they've done the research and and certainly not at a disadvantage over other methods which i think is kind of cool and he he was you know i think he was skeptical of of that technology and now he's a believer hmm. very yeah very cool so talking about some of the products uh, that he mentioned in the interview, you know, 9714 is one of our bellwether products, uh, you know, especially among folks who are the high population, high density guys uh, that we work with. Um, it seems like that's a big, big product for him in his area. Is that right? Oh, yeah. 9714, 9808, anything that's shorter, he loves. And partly because it works well at the populations he's in. But but also if he if he's he's always had this ambition of wanting to get a sprayer through that field for herbicide application. I knew that was his first you know originally when he looked into the whole thing. That's why he wanted shorter corn was because of the ease of using a ground sprayer versus an aircraft uh, when 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 applying some of these things. Of course now he's doing drones for fungicide. But but uh, that's that's what he looks for. And over the years, not just 9714 and 9808, I mean, there's been a lot of other shorter statured hybrids we've had that have done well on this farm. Uh, but those two definitely stand out. And, and this year now he's doing, he's doing MX514, um, MX709. MX709 is a little bit taller, but uh, that, those genetics work well in that geography. So. So what do you, so what do you think you'll see with like MX seven oh nine that he maybe hasn't seen with nine seven fourteen and ninety eight oh eight? Well, I think the yield will be there. He may not like it because it is a little bit taller. Yeah, I noticed. Of course, ninety eight oh eight comes up, and that's such a such a uh, popular 
you know, product in our lineup has been for a long, long time. And something that struck me was he talked about its consistency and just how consistent it is year in and year out. And I got to thinking for somebody like Darren, who, you know, is always kind of testing boundaries. I think he said he um, uh, would would adjust the population at times, you know, just to I think he said so he didn't want to doesn't want to leave anything on the table. So he's always playing around with maybe testing the upper end of, of population here and there. It occurs to me that maybe that's one of the great things about a product like 9808. If you know it's consistent, you know that that's not the variable you're looking that you're worried about. So you can plant that and you can play with different other variables and see what brings you a return, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 9808 super versatile. That part of Illinois, that hybrid has just been exceptional for anybody that uses it. You know, I know, I know our reps in that geography just, we have one rep that just thinks it's, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. And, and it really is, it really is a dominant product um, and something Darren can use. He can, he can plant it at any population just about, and uh, it's not going to be a failure yet. He can, he can push it and see on his farm, okay, what, what do I need to be doing here? And you can take 9808 and, and push it, and you're not going to have a disaster on your hands. And, that, and that's what he likes about it. So for somebody who, you know, uh, goes and visits Darren's farm and, and, and sees his operation, I mean, what are the things that they're going to be, you know, take back with them thinking about uh, that they might be able to apply on their own operation? I would tell you if you just if you just walk his fields and, and, and you're in his 15-inch row spacing – and and you're counting plants and you're figuring out what the actual populations are out there. Aside from that, you know, Darren does a good job of not having a lot of overhead. You know, he doesn't have a, a bunch of enormous machine sheds and, and all those things. He, he truly puts his resources into uh, the technology on growing the crop uh, and does his homework. And he, and he wants to be different. You know, he, he does things... He is truly a super management corn producer. Well, it seems to be successful for him, that's for sure. Well, for those who have been listening, we've been listening to Myron Stein and Darren Judd of Judd Farms in Lostan, Illinois, talking about the yield benefits of Stein narrow row corn. Myron, thanks again for joining us today. Absolutely, David. That's our time for today, but we'll be back two weeks from now with another episode in our Yield Plus Corn Tour series. Next week, Myron is sitting down with grower Bob Manning of Waukee, Iowa, to discuss his experiences with Stein corn. I'd like to thank our guests and listeners for joining us on another episode of the Stein Seedcast. To never miss an episode, subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe to the Stein Seedcast wherever podcasts are found. To learn more about Stein and its elite corn and soybean genetics, visit steinseed.com. Stein has yield. Stein has yield.